0: deck was like insane and people were like i can't believe you're beating me with this thing and so like it was that was like that was a for one of the first times where i felt like as a deck designer and player i was successful in a card game as opposed to just one or the other welcome back to the into the unknown podcast dan
1: and scott here once again live hanging out with everybody and um scott we've had uh, another big week of reveals um the one that was just on the screen is probably the biggest since the last Tinkerbell, right? I mean, let's be real. But um I been like a fun it. week, been some flavorful things. Um, but let's uh let's just put it right back on screen, right? So like this card just came <laughs> out hours ago. And um it's insane. So I'm just gonna take it to you, Scott, because I found it first and I, I got to even tease you because you didn't even realize it was a song yet. So like once you realized it was a song, then how did you feel about this card?
0: Uh, that it's amazing. <laughs> I thought it was good when it wasn't a song. Right. I right. thought it was fair and good when it wasn't a song.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, obviously we are reaching a critical mass of uninkables for your deck, but I, I fail to see how you can't find room for a... a f- I, first of all, I can't... Songs should probably be front and... F- the front and center in most decks mm-hmm. because a lot of times they're just free. So it's just at the cost of, of exerting a character and usually it's going to be exerting a character that either like you want them to challenge because you want to be able to challenge back into them or it's not that big of a deal if if, if they're mm-hmm. taken out because the character still deals damage back and you still gain this effect without setting your turn back like pretty much 100%. So I mean, with this costing five or somewhere to let it go, I mean like that would pretty much be your whole turn. Like like even if you even if you, even if you had like eight ink in play, it's still most of your turn. <laughs> so um, the fact that you can and similar to let it go, the fact that you can play this for free by exerting a character is just um, it's just insane. And I, I honestly, like if this was just like a fire the cannons for. If exerting just an action. Right. Just, like like just exerting a character and taking out one character for two damage. Yeah. Any one thing. If this dealt two damage to the entire board, I yeah. still think it would be great. Yeah. But now you have two damage to just their side of the board. Yeah. Combined with Tinkerbell in the same ink color. Like yeah. I mean. <laughs> I I mean Stitch Rockstar, rest in peace as of <laughs> July eleventh, two 2023. I mean, like, <laughs>
1: Give me, I I give me some tear faces in the chat for okay. the yeah, the Stitch I mean, Rockstar because, yeah, I mean, so like, whew, like it can't exist, right? Um, maybe. I don't, I don't even know if I can say that fairly. Like, there's still a lot of premise to the concept of, well, I can play my Stitch and I can be more conservative and I can attempt to put my p- opponent in a position to make his grab the sword unfavorable or make his tinkerbell unfavorable but um yeah i don't i don't see it yet uh it's definitely going to be something we'll we'll have to play the next couple of days and get a true like sight for but uh yeah i mean shout out to that fact uh the grab the swords is monstrous in multiplayer because it's just it's just mean for all sense of the word but yeah um, I don't know. It, it's tough. Like these two cards are, yeah, they're just incredible. Um, and it, I am beyond excited to see like what other songs we're going to get. I mean, if like we thought friends was going to be by far yeah. the best and it's like, this card's unbelievable, uh, not to take anything away from friends because friends is still a very playable card, but I mean... Yeah, this is monstrous, like absolutely monstrous.
0: So I remember if, if you have to go back on one of our chats like months ago, but we had talked about what AoE would look like, and I think yeah. I said a five cost Ruby uninkable that would deal two damage to the entire board. Yeah. Where I would put an AoE, and this is five cost uninkable, different color, who cares? Song. Song. It's- yeah, just your opponents. <laughs> so yeah. It's better than I would have even envisioned this being.
1: To be honest with you. It's. It was really funny because like when I posted it in our chat, and then you saw that it was a song. You're like, it's a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're like, what? Like yeah. It was definitely one of those moments where like yeah, yeah, that's a song. It's it's pretty crazy. So yeah. But yeah, we wanted to kick off things, uh, just giving you our our hot take thoughts on grab the sword. But we are—we're gonna have a little bit of fun this week. We're gonna do something a little different, and you know, we're welcoming everyone to the Forbidden Mountain. If you are hanging out live, hit me up in the comments. Let me know you guys are here. And this week, we—I uh, compiled a list of questions that I'm going to ask, technically Scott, but really it's for both of us to answer. And we've had some Twitter comments, and I'm not sure if there's anything on Discord, but I'll definitely check as we go in and enjoy. But Let's uh let's get into it. I didn't even show Scott the slides yet. There's some nice little uh oh, Easter slides. eggs. I, I made slides, bro. I'm oh, I'm prepared, yeah. all right? Um and there's some nice little Easter eggs for uh for Thank along you. the way. So Scott, uh what year and with what game did you first get into trading card games?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Magic the Gathering in nineteen ninety. I think it was ninety four, but I okay. might have been ninety three. Well, this card's from ninety three, but <laughs> that's besides the point. I actually saw it at a convention in nineteen ninety two when I went to go play battle uh, old school BattleTech, which I saw at Target come back the other day. By the way, old school, I'm sure, yeah. I believe. Um, you. like like the, the the mini one that you played on like the map. Oh and, yeah 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 okay okay okay. And D and D at a convention, mind you, I was like three years old, but yeah, <laughs> Not at a convention in like in like Scranton or something like that. Oh, okay. It's our, my first gaming convention that I ever went to. Okay. And we were so obsessed with a, by a play by email game. There wasn't even an email yet. Play by mail <laughs> game that was there on a land. Like, I guess it was a land. I don't even know if they existed back then. Yeah. And like, I walked in the dealer hall and this guy's like, Hey kid, you want to try this card game? I'm like, I don't have time to play this stupid card game. Yeah. That was a, that was a very smart idea by me. <laughs> yeah. um, so then I, like, Less than a year later, I actually started playing full-on Magic. The dogs are here. (laughs) You're showing your age,
1: Scott. So, yeah, for me, uh, it was a little bit later than that. I think it was closer to, like, 97. That would have been around when I got into Pokemon. Because I remember being an avid Pokemon fan. So I remember play, I remember like every kid, uh, my age, I, I, you know, I grabbed Pokemon cards. Look, there's the Sarah angel guys. Look, right. will bring it back up for you. There it is. Look, see. I knew, I knew that he was going to bring the Sarah angel out. This is why I, I, I picked that image in general. Uh, yeah, but no. So for me, it's Pokemon for sure. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on. One more time, Scott, go back to that. <laughs> he's got a whole play set of them. Yeah. He's obsessed. He's, he's obsessed guys um but yeah for me it was pokemon for like a brief period of time i don't even think i actually played the game correctly until the video game that came out for it which was a great video game back in the day uh the pokemon trading card game for like game boy advance maybe i don't even i don't even know uh and then i got very quickly into Yu Oh after that but even oh, those really? yeah those two phases were like Maybe an 18 month phase, and then it was magic. So okay, it cool. wasn't a very long phase. There was just like, a, hey, I'm into cartoon anime because I'm like 11, and you know, not even 11. I was like eight or nine probably, but yeah. Um, magic wasn't too. It was definitely not far after that. So let's, I was uh, out of
0: college when Yu-Gi-Oh came out.
1: What? I was out of college when Yu-Gi-Oh came out. Uh, yeah, you're you're much <laughs> older than I am, Scott. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We can keep going for this if you want, but it's yeah. fine. All right, so who is someone you can attribute to getting you into trading card games?
0: I mean, I got everybody else into Magic, so... <laughs> okay, um, then. Getting me into it, honestly, probably no one. Like, okay, it was so just were, because we were all playing D&D at the time. You were that guy. Gotcha. Yeah, I was the guy that got my, my other, like, high school friends into it. So I don't think... I mean, other than my high school friends that, like, including... John Palmer, who we still hang out with. Palmer! Like, Shout out. That, uh, that stayed around, but I was definitely the one that, like, was more hardcore about, like, playing and, like, running every allied hobbies I could find to try to buy packs and, like, pre-ordering from War Games West, Legends boosters and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Things I've never heard of. Got it. <laughs> Game companies I've uh, never heard of that I don't think exist anymore. Yeah, I,
1: I mean, I remember Allied Hobbies. Yeah, that's familiar. Yeah, the rest of it, no. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I actually don't really like remember the origin. I just remember, like, going to Target or something and like just seeing Pokemon or whatever. Um, but what I like, what I do remember vividly is like right around the end of my Yu Gi Oh era. Uh, shout out to my buddy Rich it. Come, come, come to Gen Con with us. Um, he literally, I didn't even know him, right? Like, didn't even know him. But he knocked on my door because he knew where I lived because a friend from school that we went to, he was in eighth grade, I was in seventh grade, uh, told him where I lived so he could come to my house so we could play Yu-Gi-Oh together. <laughs> I swear to God, like, this is a real story. Like, I can't even... I can't just showed up. up? He just knocked on my door and said, hey, is your name Dan? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you play Yu-Gi-Oh? I'm like, yeah. He goes do you want to play some Yu-Gi-Oh? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, but yeah, Rich was the one who got me into Yu-Gi-Oh and then much later on got me into uh, World of Warcraft also. So I have to attribute a lot of my card game love to Rich. Uh, he he definitely pushed me uh, to getting into the card game things. Um, oop, Back to stream.
0: So... did not get me into it. What? <laughs> Edward Van Cleve did not get me into it. No, no, Edwin Van Cleef did not. No,
1: uh, so which TCG in your lifetime was your favorite? I think there we played a lot, Scott. Right? I mean, like we played even in the time that we've known each other, we played a lot of games. So, what um, yeah, which one? Which one can you think you think is definitely the your your true
0: love? Uh, World of Warcraft is my favorite, no doubt. Um, it's the one I I don't know that I did the best at. Because I did really well at Transformers, but um, it's the one I traveled the farthest for, and it's the one that it wasn't my it wasn't my initiation into working for a game company doing content. Right, um, I technically wrote for Watsy before I wrote for um, Cryptozoic and Upper Deck and Blizzard. Right, um, I wrote for the Star Wars, their Star Wars card game that they had with, like, the dice and stuff like, around episode two. Episode oh, okay. came okay. So I wrote a few articles for that when they actually still cared about that game, which wasn't <laughs> much. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's where I really got into, like, analyzing card games and, and writing for them and doing, I guess you would call it doing content. Like, there was no YouTube back then. There was no, like, any of that. So, like, there was a lot of writing. Um, so both, like, on both sides of the feel like both sides of the coin I was involved in World of Warcraft. So that's like why I have a lot of memories about that.
1: Yeah. Um I remember playing Magic. Like literally I used to drive on a bus 90 minutes after school to play FMs. And I I liked it a bunch. It was it definitely was like a real fun time. I mean a group of us from all different high schools would all meet at like the same you know, for anyone in the Philadelphia area, like Cotman and Roosevelt Boulevard. And then we just take wow. all the way up to Willow Grove as like, you know, fifteen year old kids. I don't even think our parents even knew how far we were actually traveling on Friday nights. But what's the um, what? What's the World? World. Oh, I thought you went to like Breed Me Worlds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Old like old Breed Me Worlds. Um like near the Burger King and stuff. Like yeah, right yeah, yeah the yeah. Willow Grove yeah. Mall. Um yeah, yeah. so yeah, like it was uh it was definitely a commute but I remember growing incredibly frustrated with Magic the Gathering, like just so very, very frustrated. And I was still young. So like, I wasn't like traveling heavenly. Like I was a, you know, I was a successful like local player. I like by my standards at that point, you know, I would win FNMs. Raven World was a pretty big event. I mean, we've had players that were top four nationals that played there. Anyone knows Coswell, I believe his name was, um, guy with glasses. He was a really, you even been at the Chittering Rats combo deck. He's a very, really, really good player. Um, so funny. we had a high level of competition there. So I think that's really like where my competitiveness, like truly started, was because even at like this local FM, it was like, all right, like you gotta bring your A game to, to be good. But I'll never forget learning World of Warcraft, um, finding somewhere to play because for me, you know, we talked about this last time. Like Philadelphia just like doesn't have a lot of play. A lot of uh game uh game stores that play like we don't have really local game stores so like the closest game for me or closest store for me was like all the way up in like levittown and it was okay. not even a full store it was like hey we only run tournaments on saturdays because we rent this building so like it was a lot of hoops but like because of that i met some of my best friends in life now uh you know with ziggy and will and brian and things like that and that game just like molded almost it was like, it was like the, the barrier between like kid and adult almost. Yeah, and you know, that's how we eventually met and things like that. So I, I think that without a doubt, World of Warcraft was just such a phenomenal game. The game was so good. The game was, um, you know, very, very skill intensive. And like you said, so like, ironically, YouTube did exist then, but it was so very unknown at the time But, like, man, would it have been a time to, like, really capitalize on things then? But that's a whole whole other other rabbit hole. But the point is, is that, like, that game was so good and it had so many great memories. And I just, I can't ever get past. It took me a long time to really find another game after that. Like, yeah, we, you know, we bounced around and we played other things and, you know, for a hop, skip, and a jump. But nothing, like, nothing that, like, stuck or nothing that felt... Like home, you know, all the way until Transformers. So, um, you know, it was a it, it was a great game, and it was, you know, for us, you know, we wouldn't be here today without it. So, yeah, there is that. Totally. All right. So, um, this is an easy one for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your most memorable moment
0: uh, in your TCG career, Scott? Most memorable. Um, I think it was making top four at the Dark Moon Fair in Philadelphia. Nice for World of Warcraft. That was not really good. I, I was exciting. Because, because you, it was this is my wife, everyone, just so we're clear, she's just busting my balls. <laughs> because it was local. And yeah. like I had literally written an article like that week about like things you can do in Philadelphia, like expecting to show people around and like running terminal. Yeah, yeah. And yep. And a buddy of mine who doesn't play, I don't. He might. I don't think he plays card games anymore. I haven't talked to him in a while. Like we, it was a block format was, and so like obviously we play The, the metagame is like very out of this.
1: We yeah, had the best like, deck in the room. It's it. like
0: very insular. So like we're just like like how do we beat this? And then like I'm like wait a minute. There's like besides the sets in the block, like these class starters are also legal, and it's like some reprint cards and i'm like oh let's play this because this is like let's just put a bunch of these things together and like the deck was like insane and people were like i can't believe you're beating me with this thing and so like it was that was like that was a fir- one of the first times where i felt like as a deck designer and player i was successful in a card game as opposed to just one or the other
1: yeah um and like just to speak to that deck, you know, you were top four, Anthony was top eight, yeah. and I started the event five oh and finished ninth because I had a <laughs> hell of a late game. But yeah, so there was three 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 of the exact same copies of that list in the top nine decks uh, in the event. And it was a pretty large DMF if I remember correctly. It was yeah. definitely over hundred players. Um oh, it was over two hundred players, I'm sure I think yeah it was large. I remember that. So it, but it was cool because it was like a you know a real team like yeah. The whole team did really, really well that weekend. Um, the deck was awesome, but it, that hunter deck did absolutely shit on it. <laughs> so, shout out to Dan Clark. <laughs> he, beat um, <laughs> he beat me in a top What he beat me in a top He Well, he beat Anthony too. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, he, he went to town, but yeah, um, yeah, that was a fun weekend. Definitely, I, I have to agree with that. For me, it's uh, it's right on the screen here. I can't, um, I can't get any better than, you know, winning the biggest tournament you possibly can for a particular event. And this was the Transformers trading card game world championships. It was was called the Energon Invitational. Uh, We worked, you know, so incredibly hard, you know, for that accomplishment. Unfortunately, it was flip side. Scott finished ninth in that event. Uh, It's a great drive home, let me tell you. (laughs) It's a great drive home. Um, But yeah, you know, it was it was like one of those moments where yeah R. A. P. Transformers, exactly shout out shout out it was definitely one of those moments where i it didn't even really click until like days later that it had even happened because the accomplishment felt so great on so many different layers that it was like man i can't believe that this even happened um and i don't you know it's really it'll be really really hard to replace that moment for me in general but all in all definitely transformers you know, transformers and wow, both of those things. The fact that they were both in Philadelphia, I yeah, guess, holds true. a lot of good weight too, yeah. which is really sweet. We're we're really good at defending the home turn, the, the home. Yeah, that's turn. true. <laughs> true. <laughs> well,
0: Sleeping uh, in our own bed, right? Yeah, man. Well, I, you I didn't even sleep, you sleep you in my own bed that bed.
1: weekend. Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. All right, so this was just a, a more of a funny question, Scott. Uh, weirdest memories from traveling to events. I know. I know for a fact that you, you've done a lot of traveling, more than I have all over the world. So what, uh, what's a fun little story that you can, you can share with us?
0: Uh, so the weirdest memory was um, probably when we went to um, Paris for the second WoW World. So Upper Deck, being the amazing company that they truly are, um, oh, is this the freaking hotel thing? Yeah. Oh boy. So there was, there was a qualifier event where basically, if you won the qualifier event, you, you got a, um, it was called the Realm Championship. You got a full paid hotel for uh, the World Championship. So, and I, I actually think it was like, I think it was like the top two or top four even got the uh, the hotels. So Upper Deck, and in its infinite wisdom, decided that, well, obviously the players that all took top four are going to want to stay together, so we don't yeah, need to that. get enough hotel rooms. Because that's clearly how it works, right? Because you don't have teammates, <laughs> you don't have friends that are going. Makes no so sense. So we all show up in Paris, and this isn't just affecting us, but they basically have, like, oh, you have two rooms for, like, eight of us. And they're like, yeah, sorry. And we're like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, like, this, this is how you're going to roll? Like, so... We we stuffed four people in a Paris hotel room. John, Todd, and I slept together on, like, I don't even think it was a queen-size bed. I, I don't even know what size it was. It's like a double? Yeah. <laughs> Two people were sleeping on the ground um, that we weren't really teammates with. They both wound up making top eight of the event. Todd and I still wouldn't give them the bed for the third night. <laughs> um, and I just remember that, like, after day one... I just had, I w- it was, like, so uncomfortable that I just, like, I walked outside in, like, you know, the shorts I was wearing and, and like, a T-shirt and, like, just, like, walked around Paris because, like, I just, like, couldn't take the heat and, like, just sleeping in with another person that's, like, double bed with two people on the floor. And it was just, like, crazy. And, like, everybody kept wanting to go to the same bad, like, American restaurant every night. <laughs> and so on the last night, like, after the tournament was over, like... Me, Tata, and another one of our teammates and his girlfriend are like, we are not going to just hang out with these people any longer. So we just went to like the uh like the Eiffel Tower at night. Like people were like, let's go draft. I'm like, no, let's go see Paris. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, so, here, like we went and saw the Eiffel Tower and went to like a real French restaurant. And like, I mean, we were only like, I don't, know, this was probably like 15, 10 or 15 years ago. So like it was the first time I had been to Paris. I've been there since, but like it was just it was just really cool to, like, play at a like, obviously high level event, but also get to experience the city with friends at the same time. So, and it was just a crazy time in general.
1: So. Yeah, I remember, um, I, th- I, I, spe- I specifically remember Tata telling that story, because uh, I think he was way more angry about it than you were, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I that was... A deck to me too. Although, I guess I,
0: made, I guess I made the deck that won, right? So, I mean... Oh, yeah, that the, was the Kills in uh, Worlds. He was one of the ones on the floor, by the way. I was unaware
1: of them. <laughs> I didn't know who was in the room. Now I do. That's cool. Um, I think for me, it was, I, I have a good feeling that Anthony's going to get a good laugh out of this one, but I, I think it's going to have to be DMF Orlando, where. <laughs> <the ghetto> hotel. <laughs> what? Can you stay in that ghetto hotel? We stayed in that super ghetto hotel. Yeah, it was real ghetto. It was like across the street from um, Universal, which I guess was cool. But uh, yeah, no, it was super ghetto. But (laughs) the worst of it was there one night, Will, I don't even remember what we had for dinner. We had something for dinner. It did not work for Will. And like the entire night, we're all sleeping. And Will has been, he's literally in the bathroom the entire night. And he's just like, yelling at us because like we ran out of toilet paper at like two (laughs) in the morning and apparently he took like seven showers that night because no one would cut him toilet paper and it was like we were the worst friends that night and i think we were all just miserable and tired because we all did so very poorly in the event but um yeah no it was uh it's definitely had to be that trip all right the other shout out would, would ironically be at gen con where um our we did not poison Will, um we had like this. We, it was like it's probably the first time I ever had a B and B. I don't even yeah. remember. Who, I don't yeah. even remember who booked the hotel. Um, the Airbnb. I booked the Airbnb. No, no, no. This is before oh, okay. us. This is before Transformers. Oh, okay. And it was like me, Anthony, Will, Brian, and our buddy Chuck. You remember Chuck, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Chuck was a Chuck was a character. uh That's the that's the best I can say in all honesty He's a character and like the one- <laughs> Chuck. Yeah. The one night he just like walks out and he's just like, you know, in his towel. And we're just all like, Dude, what do you, like? what are you doing, man? Like what, what is going on? And like, yeah, that was just a weird experience because I, A, I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen a B and B before B and B before. So that was like a, a life changing moment. Cause I used to travel for a living. So I'm like, wow, this is, I can't believe I spent all this time at hotels and we can do this yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm just like, what do I go to a hotel for? It's the same price oh, no. for B&B. It's insanity.
0: Gen Con hotel block? Like, no, I'll yeah, get near a
1: b and hotel block. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no problem. We'll, you guys enjoy. I will not yeah. be there. <laughs> I will not be there. I will sleep in my own bed. Thanks.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But, yeah, uh, traveling is – it's easily one of my favorite parts of the game. You know, the camaraderie, Uh. you know – the last time we went to jungle, we did not drive. We are driving this time because airfare is obnoxious as hell. It's just not convenient. Time it's not. It's yeah. super
0: inconvenient. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I love travel. You know, I, I, it, you always have some of the fun, uh, fun stories mm-hmm. that always comes along. And even us, I know we've had a lot of fun times. I can think of one of your worst moments. Um, but you know, we don't need to get into that. Hey. <laughs> it involves a trip to Origins. In which i was not in the car
0: (laughs) oh yeah terrible terrible
1: but yeah i think uh i always i always love that i think it's one of the more favorite things to do especially like when you're with your team with your friends traveling to events and you know nowadays our ages in life we don't really have we never have the availability like even gen con is like a once a once a year thing if that for us um you know the year that we had transformers we definitely had a bit of an uptick of it but we only had a year of that because then the pandemic stopped everyone from doing everything forever uh not not true but you know all in all i love travel i think it's a lot of fun i'm i'm definitely looking forward to doing it again um you know gen con's really exciting My, miami is a still a maybe still need to hear some information about it but we'll see and then um you know who knows who knows what comes after that right PAX Unplugged is coming. You guys can come here and see. say hi to us. Yeah. Uh, right. I assume there'll be Lorcana there. So, I'll be there either way. I'll be mean, I'll be there either way. I'll, I'll be there with there with Lurkana. Won't be. Scott won't be, but I'll be, be there either <laughs> way. I will be. there with Lorcana. scott will not be but i will be there either way i will be there for Lurkana. We'll see. Uh, we will see. We tried to get Scott there the last couple of years. He didn't come. He didn't even come I'm to dinner. I'm not going to go. Nowhere. I wasn't going to You gonna didn't go. even come to dinner, man. You didn't even come to dinner. I. Hate... <laughs> Driving to the, the to
0: city, th- I'm not a fan, to be honest with
1: you. That's true. Shout out to Just inkit We did meet at Origins. Um. <laughs> we play transformers together obviously uh anthony miami con uh i'll send you the i'll share the link in a minute here but it's uh it's a convention that is being sponsored for larkana but we have no information about it other than the artists that are participating we don't really know any op or anything going on exactly yet so hard to weigh the options of if it's a worth it trip or not um yet so we'll see hopefully we get a lot more information coming up soon i think the pre-orders are about to end on that yeah, oh, packs God. Unplugged is a blast. There's no doubt about it, Clayton. A lot, a lot of fun. All right, so what do I have next here? Um, what more can I add? Oh, that's right. So this is, this is a pretty good one in general, but what continues to drive you to becoming a better player or influencer in the TCG community?
0: Uh, legacy. Legacy.
1: Yeah.
0: So what about Legacy? Let's expand on that. On, on the community because it's done so much for me. Okay, not like, in, like trading like card games, games in general. Yeah, trading card games in general.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, I mean, I, I basically have told you that I played Magic since its origins. So, like, literally, if, if I can pass anything on to to what I've learned over time and what it's done, what trading card games in general have done for me, um, both from a strategy perspective, helping me train my mind. Um, but just trying to leave something behind in terms of that stuff. So that's what drives me to keep going. That's fair. Not um, getting too uh, emotional.
1: Yeah. No, nah, I mean it's
0: not <laughs> really about getting emotional
1: or anything like that. It's just a matter of, you know, I remember, I remember during the pandemic when we were making cards for uh, Transformers when we kind of like took the reins and became less players and more designers. There was like a, I had a, like a like just a point in where I'm just like man like what is what is truly driving me to do this like why do I why do I feel yeah. the necessity to continue this game and continue utilizing honestly like the skills that I've gained in my lifetime to best help this community etc. and a lot of it just came down to I've always found a love for trading card games I've always been committed to them I've always um, I found you know, friends that have lasted a lifetime for me in them. And then like, it it's, it's always given me something. So I've always felt the need to give back to it when I can. And specifically with Transformers, because, you know, winning, you know, winning the Intercontinental was such a, an accomplishment to me that I felt that I had to attempt to give everything to it. And for a long time I did. Um, With Disney Lurkana now it's a lot of this, game uh you know is really sculpted from the memories of War of Warcraft to even to the point where like we have friends from World of Warcraft that we haven't shared games with in you know 12-13 years at this point that are gonna be at Gen Con that are playing in the events that I've had communication with and they're even more excited. So like that connection that drew me back in was honestly the day that the rules were released for Lorcana. I was just like wow this is uh this is really familiar territory. I have a lot of knowledge in this type of gameplay. Um, I have, I obviously have a bit of a track record that can show that like I am committed to uh, playing at the highest levels. And I can, I feel that I'm able to help people also do that, that want that, you know, that want that experience that want to compete at the highest levels to be most prepared. Like all these things that we do on honestly an everyday basis, which sounds crazy to some people, but Even today in like a two hour span, the conversation just around one card is that's an everyday conversation for Scott and I, because that's just where we are. It's, it's how we connect. It's how we connect with the community. It's how we connect with the discord that's been growing for four or five years now. Like the trading card games has been such a huge factor of my life. And I just want to give back to it in every which way I can. And I think that's what really drives me is that the ability for me to (laughs) the ability to uh to just kind of continue on and pay it forward in a way of you know i'm sure that there's a kid just like me at the age of 10 11 years old that's going to see disney larkana for the first time and like this maybe is their first game and it's their first love and we live in a completely different world than we did you know 20 years ago when i played because like obviously there was no youtube there was no yeah even at that time like websites were scarce right like so now, being in this world and having this ability to go to a game store, set up Disney Larkana, and show the game to more people, teach more people, um, that's really what my goals are. It's really what drives me right now, is just passing on everything that I've gained and giving people the opportunities that I've had in my lifetime because of trading card games. So, that's definitely what drives me. I didn't mean to get all sentimental or anything. No. Fine. <laughs> just like me. All good. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, this is our last one for us that I put in here. So what is the one thing you enjoy most about Disney Larkana? And yes, I put grab the sword on here because I it, it was just fitting, right? <laughs>
0: um, I, right now, I, I think I just enjoy like exploring it. And I like the fact that it's close enough to other games, but subtly different enough that I can use my skills from other games I've played that are similar and apply mm-hmm. them in theory towards this. And then... Like improve upon them and see where the similarities lie, and just finding those different. um, And you know, it's it's cool to be able to already play games on on third party platforms and things like that, and and to really, it's cool to be. I've never been, I've never been into it this much this early. Right. I might have been like Transformers. You were like. I had a website like that that I created like the week before the game came out, but it wasn't like. But it was basically just like looking at cards and like analyzing them. I, I basically myself. I think maybe with Vince. No, I met Vince. After, I didn't see Vince until afterwards. Um, we didn't start our podcast together until afterwards. So it was basically just me and Palmer playing around, but not like pre the game existing. So this is like taking it like way earlier than than anything else i've been involved in
1: yeah i mean it's interesting i mean like i think when when the rules came out there was what
0: 50 cards 55 cards maybe yeah i, I remember at one point there was like a list of 63 so be right so after maybe, that, so. so maybe somewhere around there um When those starters starters came out, I think it was 63,
1: but maybe or the demos or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so maybe like now that we've experienced like 50 reveals, which is crazy to think about too, because you know, we're used to doing this, you know, in set twos or set threes or something like that. But now we're like you said, like we're I've never I was not there for the beginning of Transformers. Um, I was obviously not there for any of the other games that I said. I was there, we were there for the start of Destiny, but we didn't do content for content for Destiny and like I don't even remember like following it all like that, if I'm being honest. Like I remember just like the game came out, I went, I bought boxes, and then we like started playing. But like I don't yeah, I don't even remember anything after that. But we also we did do content for Destiny, so I wasn't as invested anyway. Um it's really interesting already having the ability to play the game um and make these interesting decision points even now because the truth about it is uh you you get to this point where every week you know we're getting new cards and obviously there's always Mm going to be changes and changes and changes but when i look at when we go to like a game if you come into a game on day one and you just pick it up and it's 204 cards and you've never played it you've never played a single game with it uh it's so easy to be like oh this card's really good um and then like waste a week on it I feel like we're getting those weeks out of the way, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like we're already establishing cards that are like not going to be in the meta, right? Like they're not going to be competitive cards. They're going to be in the game. They're going to be played. They'll be in limited if there is a format, which I'm sure there will be. Uh, But like, they're not going to be these impactful cards and you're going to already know that going in, you're going to know like the pack of uninkable cards that I'm like, okay, well, here's all the uninkables, but like I already know that there's no chance I'm going to play these ones. So like going through that, getting those reps in early and even just even having the conversation about it, uh, I think does a lot for the mind and, and the preparers you And that this is all just tracks back to how like we operate as, you know, professional trading card game players in general is that we do break down and analyze every single thing that comes out. And yes, this time it is a little bit earlier on, but it is one of those things where like Every moment, every day, we're just gaining more information about the game, and we're easily gonna get to the point where, like, when we're in August, we're gonna be like, okay, well, like, these are these are probably the best decks already, and we're already halfway there. You know, what are we at? Like, a hundred and six or seven cards now after the last couple of days reveals. Sounds so, right. yeah, there's still hundred cards left, right? Like, yeah. the game still has every opportunity to change upside down. There's there's no debate there, um, but it's really cool to like get an understanding now and honestly just just playing the game at a base level and understanding the core difference of mechanic to win the game uh is a huge difference than honestly most games i play like i understand people can look at it and go oh it's just magic because there's 20 life and like make this like really broad simple comparison and it just couldn't be more wrong (laughs) so (laughs) not trying to be mean to anybody here, I'm just being honest. Uh while a lot of the numbers look a, look alike, all the mechanics change a lot of the information and a lot of the way the games are played out. And yes, we're still missing a ton of super impactful cards, I hope. Because the last couple of weeks of just seeing the steel impact is great. Um I imagine it would have been like when Mickey Mouse and Maleficent were first released if you knew the rules of the game, you'd be like, wow, mm-hmm. these cards are these cards are insane. It would be just like that. But now we're getting it three months later with like actual mechanics and already able to play a hundred games a day if we wanted to. So um, I agree. I think it's really cool for us to do that. Like start here, get that basis level and even just like helping ourselves like better understand the game to better, you know, deliver the information in all honesty. So the other thing that for me, that I really really love about the game, uh, as like my one true thing is songs. I think the song mechanic is just so very interesting that it's different from so many like I I tried the other day to like really pinpoint something that I could compare it to, and like the closest thing is like evoke
0: from magic, I guess. Um I mean there's like force of wills and things. Like there are there are other ways in card games to ways this, to like, but like not-
1: utilize Resource
0: yeah. manipulation, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but, a vo- like, evoke, or not evoke, con- convoke, I think. Convoke, is yeah. Convoke. I think that's, like, one of the closer ways to do it, and it's similar, but you almost always still have to pay something uh, because of, like, like a resource, whatever it is. So, like, that's the closest thing I can come to, and even that, the scale of it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Uh, because, like, the impact of a friend's on the other side on turn three is just so great. And the impact of uh, we have, I haven't played a game yet with it, but I'm sure the impact of of grab your sword is going to be really good when you literally just turn your cerebros sideways and say mm-hmm. nuke your board. I I can't fathom of a better way to utilize my cerebros on turn six. I can tell you that much. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the songs are so fun. They're so incredible. They're so powerful, and it's almost scary to think how powerful they are because on it it makes it makes like removal even more impactful because now you're just like, oh, now I might want to remove this card earlier because yeah. so my opponent can't get the extra value out of it. You know, right. like, like a card like Maleficent It's like, oh yeah, it replaced itself. But it's like, man, am I supposed to just fire the cannons that because he's just going to tap it and draw two cards. Like, right. Um, stitch is another one. Now, obviously he has other problems now, but <laughs> <laughs> we had a game a couple weeks ago where like I played a one drop stitch and you fire the cannons it. And then I played another stitch and then you fire the cannons. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, like this my whole plan just sucks. Like, great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the the role they're gonna play in, in like the strategy of the game is so fun and so intriguing and just so different that I'm really really excited for songs in general. It's um, cool. But yeah, so let's move to um, get rid of this. We have a couple. Yeah, we have a couple of viewer questions on Twitter. If anyone has any questions here, feel free to uh to drop them. But we have the Larcotta Carpool. And Larcana Carpool asks, how are you going to organize your collection? Binders, uh by set number, ink, alphabetical, movie. Scott. <laughs> how you gonna organize your cards, bro? Can you turn um, off your uh your overlay and just point the camera this
0: <laughs> i have one of those card sorters down there
1: yeah yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
0: one he's probably got three of them <laughs> no just one it's only one set uh-huh. so my my actual collection that i keep and like look at so it's probably gonna be mostly foils um and play with I'm gonna keep in one of my ultimate guards that I have over there, like over there. Um, I'm gonna keep that in my ultimate guard Pine, okay. assuming that I don't get like them graded or something like that. Okay, sure. Um, it will go the stuff I actually collect will go in I assume set order, which is color than alphabetical. Yes. Now. All my other cards that I do other things with <laughs> will be alphabetic pure alphabetical because that's the way TCG player likes it.
1: <laughs> this isn't true. We just need another door, that's all. I've
0: already I've already cleaned out portions of this giant thing I got at Ikea for like I already have two whole shelves dedicated to oh, okay. keeping Lurcana cards. Let's and then ahead. I have a second desk that will have the sort, the way to sort. And then I have all these Disney 100 sleeves on the floor right now that will have to yeah, go yeah, away yeah. at some point. Shout out. we got to get them away soon. If you're not subscribed, mm-hmm. you hit that subscribe button. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, I, I'll do probably
0: exactly what you do. I'll and then decks. Like, I'll have my decks together. Like, the
1: real truth is that most of my cards, when they are, quote, in order are just going to be in a deck box like in the same color sleeve of all of my decks and I'll just interchange them and I will never truly have a real collection aside from that um except for like specific foils that I'll target because I'm like a frozen geek but that's all besides the point um all right so back to our questions over here we have uh what is the best ink to pair steel with Scott I don't even think we need to spend much time on this
0: uh, at this point, I would assume amethyst for ruby.
1: Yeah, it seems real hard not to. <laughs> yeah,
0: amethyst I,
1: I mean, is real good. Um, more draw power for more really really powerful cards is great, and uh, ruby having infinite ways to single target and aoe down with steel also seems pretty good.
0: So, I think yeah. the ways I think the ways that you have now just allows you to so. We haven't gotten a lot of card draw out of Ruby, um, or or out of Steel. I don't think we will get out of Steel, but like out of Ruby, um, or, or Die. Right. So, so the stuff that Steel is providing, I think, by not playing cards early, which I haven't been doing for months now, um, will just allow you to um, get all the cards you want in your inkwell because, like. Once you hit the late game, Ruby is like, if you can get to the late game, while your opponent is still stuck in the mid game, because they either choose to be there or they just can't get out of it. Like, the Ruby end game is just ridiculous. So, a lot of these steel cards will allow you to get there. So,
1: having Tink and and this and grab your sword, like that combination of cards, making so many early games just so invaluable and just like meaningless at the end of the day like if you if you catch a, a an opponent with like this like literal regeki for all my yugioh fans <laughs> out there yeah
0: um wrath of god for all you
1: uh it's <laughs> not right Ra- it's better than wrath of god it's regeki man right. like it's, it's one That's right that's right it's one uh it's it's insane It was a magic one i think eventually I,
0: I don't know it costs like nine or something it's, it's some pyroclasm
1: on crack, so like I, I would them hit both sides of the board too, right? Which is why it's on crack. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, really, really difficult, really, really difficult. Um, yeah, it's amethyst or ruby is my uh, my guess. Uh, Scotland Thompson hitting with the thoughts on the legendary cards compared to the six cost bangers. Um, I mean, I, I think the only legendary that's like really bad is gone right? We've already, we covered this last week, but um, I, they're still good cards, right? They're still playable cards. Like, obviously they're not, they're not Tinkerbell like, or, you know, like
0: that. I mean, a- I, I love Maleficent nine drop. I right. Have. Um, She's good. Uh, so, I mean, to me, I think she actually has gained a lot of value off of these cards that have come out. Because it just slows the game down to a point where she can dominate the board. Right. Um, And, I mean, Beast is still fine. Right. Uh, I mean, he's just... I mean, he's a little bit worse than, like, other options. Just because of his cost. And I don't yeah. really care about... I mean, I guess... He, I mean, he... This, this song is a way to actually well, activate happen. his quote, secondary ability of, of exerting characters like more more regularly than even Tinkerbell. Right. Because you can do it all in the same turn if you have another five drop in play. So, like, you mentioned, like, Tab Cerberus, play this song, and then Beast, whatever's there, Some if somehow there's still guys alive. I, I don't <laughs> really know how. Um, yeah. But, like, that's going to be, like... It, I think this is card. This card over Tinkerbell allows his secondary ability to actually um, matter. So I would say that like that's pr- like that's probably a good use. And I, I stand by my. I still think there's only going to be seven legendaries, but we'll see.
1: I think it's possible. Um, it also is just as likely that there. 12 saving yeah like literal six of them the week of gen con they're just going to spit them all out of us like just as like the extra layer of layer of hype that they definitely don't even need but like it it can happen uh so the question from the wife guys is uh is there a tournament in disneyland or disney world and can i come so we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago on the second episode of the podcast with our friends the limited and how what was the game that had like world championship there scott
0: it was that Magic: The Gathering game. Oh, that's right. International right. championships there. International, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it's definitely
1: possible that they have
0: a. They have a. They've converted the Wide World of Sports stadiums to card game before. In fact, if you ever watch Magic on ESPN, a lot of those were at Wide World of Sports. I did not, but yeah. that's interesting. I was unaware of that. It's, it because it was owned by Disney ABC, so like they would have it there. Hmm. So the answer is it's absolutely possible, and it's. it's- probable in my opinion it's absolutely flavorful mm. and uh, i won't be shocked if, if it's not there specifically it'll be in the orlando area right and so like there's like the orlando convention center is relatively new like within the last 10 years and i know like since my dad lives there like i know he says it's like really nice for having conventions and stuff so like um it wouldn't I mean, i know like third-party events will also happen in orlando even if Oh well, yeah, well, purple games, games is based yeah.
1: out of Miami, so and they've already we they hosted an event in Orlando, right? That's where it was when we went down there. Um, yeah, it was like on the outskirts, but yeah, right, and that was wherever, in like whatever the hell that
0: was. I don't, even I know don't remember. That. What, I don't. It was like a, I don't know what that was. It wasn't a hotel. No, it was like a, like a not a like a hall. I guess I, I don't know what you would like. I don't know what it really is used for. rodeo i don't even know it was a school like wasn't it like a college or something like was near a college might have been a university maybe you're right
1: i forget i have to like i'd have to go back and retrace my steps but yeah that
0: was uh before was like literally days before covid uh no but it was the day that kobe bryant
1: died (laughs) r.i.p kobe bryant that was a sad That was like a sad moment that day we were all like well like we're all sitting around like kobe does and we all we all thought it was a joke. It's like no like it's not a joke like he like he died yeah shit so, yeah, that was, uh, that was real close to Pandemic
0: keeping us all inside for sure. Um, so, but not specifically at, and it would be at Y World of Sports because I don't think that Downtown Disney has the area set up to do it. Um, so, if it was not specifically at Y World of Sports, it would be somewhere else because they have such influence in the conference like that. So, uh... Um, uh that's for a that,
1: so. This, this is a... A noteworthy uh, comment, real here. Uh, so, Rayseteral says this new song certainly helps me understand why Tremaine only has one lore, high lore Tremaine. With this song alone, would have been nuts. Yeah, that's hard to argue. She's, she's not a bad option to, to kind of, so, kind of sing this one and rotate it out. And yeah, that seems really good. That's fine. That's that's pretty good too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's interesting. And like I said, with PBG being in Miami or you know in the Florida, and he travels a bunch, like it wouldn't shock me if there's definitely no. something going on there. But we already have Miami MiamiCon, so we already have a reason to go to Florida this year. If you know, if it all works out. Um, so yeah, we already I already did this part. Um, oh, oh, please get rid of that. Uh, we need this back. Uh, if there's any more questions in the chat, feel free to hit us up. Otherwise, uh, we have a couple more minutes on stream here. But if you're not yet, hit the subscribe button. And I do have a specific question uh, this week for you guys, if you did make it all the way out here. Um, I need a, I need a, a guest next week because Scott's leaving me for Jamaica. So since Scott is leaving me for Jamaica, right? I'm just kidding, guys. He is going to Jamaica. I need a guest next week. So if you want to be a guest, your CC, hit me up, uh, you know, message me on Twitter, message me on Discord, whichever. Let me know. Let's have a conversation next week so you can join in live and we can have a great conversation like we did this one. Kylie, you're not allowed to be a guest. No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get kicked in the shins for that one, guys. Uh, but, yeah, so in closing, Scott, let's say, you know, what we, we got the Eels this week, right? Um, yep. We got the giant uh, – King Triton today, um, you know they're not nearly as impactful as a uh, as this as obviously this song. But do you think uh, I've seen? So I've I've watched some gameplay with the eels. I've been mostly underwhelmed. Have you had any other uh, different experiences with them?
0: I haven't myself with them. I haven't uh, played them yet, but I have I've watched games with them. To me. And I mean, we'll we'll cover this later in the week, but um, I I think (laughs) coming this week, guys, I don't think they're very playable on their own. You have both, which makes it really difficult because I think that um, I I even think together, like they're 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 not they're like
1: mediocre at best, right?
0: I mean, a 3-4 evasive rush is pretty good and a 3-3 evasive rush is pretty fine. Like, it doesn't trade with the... Like, neither of them trade with Goofy, so it's like, what are you really getting out of the deal here? You get to kill Pongo. That's not hard to do. You get so. to kill Pongo. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. But then, like, you know, like... You get to kill Rafiki re- and leave. Uh, and live. I, I, I don't know.
1: You I don't mean, even three, kill Zeus.
0: Like, you don't even kill Zeus. Like, 3-3 three, three evasive with one lore is fine. Yes. I don't think it'll make the cut. And... Right. The three four rush—it's—it's it's just uninkable. So like, there's clearly no room for that
1: card. In a, in a world where we have sideboards, I think they have a home there. I find it really hard for me to to want to ink that card though. Uh, so we'll close on this one, Scott. What is your
0: favorite card so far, regardless of how strong it is? Uh, Maleficent, monstrous dragon. She is so good, no doubt. So I good. Just, I I just remember as a kid, like loving that scene when she becomes the dragon. Yeah. And like the fact that she is a necrotal, whatever you want to call it, like, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, sure. Flame tongue, whatever you want to call it. Oh, flame tongue, he's getting all he's getting a little excited over here, guys. However old you you want me to get, um, I I, yeah, I just think that like I love playing control decks, and she seems like the perfect like way to. I mean. She only has two lore, which we've come to find out is, like, is, like, pretty much the standard in how you want to, like, get a card to, like, be a threat. Yeah, it and up. It's, like, if you don't have two yeah. lore,
1: you better be doing something
0: Yeah, incredible. So it's between, like, she's probably my favorite card, but I also really, really like um, the seven drop Aladdin a lot. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Prince Sali, right? No, that's the two. Drop no, that's one. the bad one. That's the really the bad one. one. The outlaw <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Those two, like those two are my favorite cards because they just, if you can get to them and I think there's many more ways to do it now. Um, they, they just cause a different board state for your opponent to have to react to.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with race to draw and BLT a, because the art is great
1: B because he was, he's still, I don't, when he's in play, he's, he's really
0: goddamn good guys. He's won uh, games recently. Yeah, yeah
1: d- d- debate all about how many copies you're going to need him, et cetera, et cetera. But like, the card, it requires an answer, or you just win the game in most yeah. cases. So, yeah. it, any card like that is great. Uh, for me, I, I think it's still going to have to be. Uh, it's going to have to be let it go. I, I mostly again because I'm a total Frozen geek. Until Anna comes out and she's hopefully at least playable, uh, or a new Elsa that can sing let it go then that is we know there's another elsa coming there's there's very likely another elsa i would be shocked if we got all of these other frozen characters and not anna that would be such a letdown for me but um hopefully that one comes too so it has been a wonderful and fun evening hanging out with you guys thank you guys so much for being in chat tonight don't hit the subscribe button let me know in the comments what uh you know what some of your favorite card memories are and If you are, if you honestly, if you're a content creator and you check out this podcast, hit me up. Let me know what's driving you guys to be CCs and we will catch you guys next week. Not Scott, he'll be in Jamaica. It'll be me and someone else, but we'll catch you guys in the next one. See ya.